Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Continuing the teaching regarding this, and I want to pray a little prayer as we begin. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, just that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened by this, because I've had some feedback, even again this morning before church started, about the teachings and uh, that it's having an effect. And that's as a teacher, that's all I need to keep going. Because if I'm just teaching into the air and it's like, yeah, yawn, you know, uh, I, I hope it's not putting anybody to sleep, but. What's really important is not so much what I teach, but that the Holy Spirit take what is taught, instruction and righteousness, and plant it in the human heart so that our hearts can receive the nourishment to grow. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word this morning, how important knowing your word is. And I ask that if there is one thing that can be planted in each of us, that you would do that for us this morning. That we would hear something, not just that we haven't heard before, maybe it's something we needed to hear over and over again, but that we would hear it fresh and in a new way. Even as we sang those songs, fresh and in a new way, you would drop something into our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So looking at 2 Peter 1.5 again, we'll, we'll start by reading it and then expand on to the next uh, thing that we are to add to our faith. So 2 Peter 1.5 says, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Now we spent weeks on virtue. He says, and to, it, should, it should actually read like this, and to virtue... Add knowledge. So it says to virtue, knowledge, but it's the word add should be in there. To virtue, it's implied. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. Most of the time within the framework of Christianity, we are taught just to love other people. And then we struggle with how hard that is to do, and that's because it's in a hierarchy of things that we were supposed to be adding to our life. If you can't be kind to somebody, how on earth are you going to find the oomph to love them? Because this is a sacrificing love. This is love in the sense of I love you as Christ loves the church. So we put that on ourselves and then never, never feel that we arrive, but we've skipped a whole bunch of hierarchy in there. He says... For if these things are yours, and that means you, you've put your arms around them, you've embraced them, you're praying them in your life, you're diligently, he says, adding. Uh, and that to means to do it in a regular way. If these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here's Peter. Now remember... At this point in time, Peter is the head of the church. Now, not official in the sense that 
they already had cardinals and nine cardinals got together and elected him. He was the head of the church by the understanding of what they heard Jesus say to him. And that he was the uh, leader of the known believers on the earth at that point in time. So what he had to say when he sent out this letter was so deeply important to them, especially the Jewish ones that had converted from Judaism to Christianity and had left their faith and were walking into a completely different, new and different way of living, a different approach to what they knew about God and religion, that they no longer had to keep Uh, sacrifices and to keep the high holy days and they no longer had to do that that those things were all inside of them and can you imagine the change that they would go through that uh, it's the same if somebody else I know that Mansur is not in here right now but Mansur being raised as a Muslim and then getting upended by the salvation of Jesus, every, everything he knew about God changed in a moment of time. Everything about it changed. You should actually get him to talk to you and, and share his testimony. You know, uh, have he, Take he and Kristen out for lunch and say, tell us about your lives. And you'll find out many wonderful things. We talked about adding knowledge now. To virtue, And we looked at what virtue is and that virtue is about, really, one word would call it bravery. The courage to do virtuous things, to have valor as the knights of old. Um, I will tell you this, the reason you have to add knowledge to that type of valor is there is not much fruit from a brave fool. There just isn't, you, you know, uh, bravery, yes, but bravery without knowledge is going to get you in trouble. I've been watching that alone program. There's even, I mean, I'm going to quote one of the survival experts a little bit later. Uh, but there, there's, no, there's no grain of goodness in foolish people. There's none. What's, that, it's like, okay, and what's next? Uh, the knowledge that it's speaking of here um, isn't the word knowledge that we normally associate it with, with the educations that we get today. And you have to remember, when this was being written, not very many people could read it. It took somebody with the knowledge of reading and writing, having been taught that, to give it to other people. Because probably more than 90% of the population did not read and write. It's almost hard for us to imagine. Because that's how we know most things today. As a matter of fact, if we think about knowledge, you will think about going to school and reading it out of a book. It's called book knowledge. That's not the knowledge he's talking about here. When he said to add knowledge to your virtue, it's an intimate knowledge. Um, it, it's the understanding of things. It's, uh, you can't unchain or unlink the word knowledge from wisdom. 
Because it meant that you know how things are. You know how it is. It's that kind of, it's a knowing that you know through the sharing of others' lives with you, the sharing of your life with others, and let's set the study aside, not just studying the Word of God, but it's the knowing how things in the earth work. It's all those things. How does that, it's when we are intimate with people, and it's the knowing God. Now remember, they didn't have book learning. Most of them didn't go off and read the Torah. Just wasn't there to do it. They listened to somebody who could read. Now especially when this went over into the Gentiles. They wouldn't have stepped foot in a Jewish place of worship. They didn't understand it. And they thought they were weird. It wasn't that the Gentiles were weird. The Gentiles thought the Jews were as weird as the Jews thought the Gentiles were Goya. It, it's a, there was such a separation. And here comes Peter, the head of the church. He says, add to your valor knowledge. He's talking about the deep, intimate knowledge of God that brings wisdom into our lives. This knowledge... And now remember, we're talking about this is economy, God's economy, because further up in verse 1 of First Peter, he says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. In there, I get, I add something, and God multiplies other stuff to me. So God wants, not in the sense of PF, you guys wouldn't know what those are, there used to be tennis shoes, athletic shoes that they called PF Flyers. They helped you run faster and jump higher. You could fly with PF Flyers. We're supposed to, you know, and it made you better than everybody else if you had those on. Long before the days of Adidas or Adidas, however you want to pronounce it. It's not in that sense that I'm better than everybody else, but it is this. I know things. Without being arrogant about it, I, I know things. I know deep things. I know secret things. You're being arrogant. No, I'm not. I'm being scriptural. The secret of the Lord is with those who, it says fear, but it actually that should be translated worship or love. The secret of the Lord is with those who love him. I know things. I know things about life. So do you. It's just most people, either through a sense of false humility or their fear or other things get in the way, don't ever say it to anybody else. They long to have impact with their life and they never open their mouth and tell them the things that they know. How do you tell somebody know what, how do you tell somebody to know something when you don't know it? It was the great demise of becoming a teacher. For years in ministry, I felt like the biggest hypocrite on the planet. 
Because there I was, standing in front of other people, instructing in righteousness and going, you can't live one iota this, buddy. I was so self inside of me. And then when I started realizing that God poured knowing, knowing the wisdom of God into me, it changed everything. Um, It's all there, too. Like it's in the word. This, this thing of knowing and the wisdom of God, the Psalms, the Proverbs, the stories. From the stories, we're not supposed to walk away going, how on earth did that ever happen? What was that for? Do you ever wonder why he made that axe head float? It's a great story. That God can go beyond the boundaries of science and cause something to happen. Or that a fish, a fish would have a coin in its mouth. I asked the Lord one time when I was fishing a few years ago with somebody. Asked him, I was going through a tough time. And I said, would you give me direction and just speak to my heart this morning as I go fishing? And I was thinking about, you know, I'll catch a fish and there'll be something in its mouth and stuff. I got a snag. Do you know what a snag is? You know, it's when you... the the bait gets stuck. So I yanked and yanked and I yanked real hard. And I pulled up a small bit of old wire fencing that was in the shape of a cross. And I went, oh God. And he spoke to her, remember, remember what I've done. This is my sacrifice for you. I gave myself for you. Don't you worry about one little thing, Lloyd. I gave myself. That's knowing. It was wisdom from God. And it came into my being. The theology of the new covenant, which we don't, well, or which often other places isn't expanded upon well. Uh, here, I try to do a pretty good job of dissecting it and and exegeting it and giving it to you in in meaningful bites so that we understand it. But in the theology of the new covenant, this knowledge is, is actually proclaimed that it comes straight from God to you. He wants to put it, he wants you to add it to your valor, but it comes from him. It is birthed out of him. Isn't that an amazing thing? Uh, and within it, uh, Within all that knowledge of God, it is always equated with wisdom and maturity. Now, one of the biggest things that we can do is understand that so much of the theology and the knowing about knowing about what Christianity means and who God is, is that that has to get, uh, how do I put it? When we take it into our lives, he doesn't want the knowing to puff us up. He wants us to grow in wisdom. He gives it to us so that we will be wise and not fools. Where I started with, he doesn't take any pleasure in brave fools. It it doesn't do, and I don't know about you, but one of the things that irritates me the most is when Christianity says such foolish things. And you you can taste them. And oftentimes it comes out in a proclamation. And uh, 
God is going to do this or God, God did that to Ukraine because they're under his judgments. What are you talking about? That's foolishness. That's not the wisdom of God. You don't know that. Well, the Lord spoke it to me. Well, you better go listen again. Who are you to be casting around judgments of God? I have enough trouble getting out the understanding of his righteousness and his love, let alone his judgments. This is what it says about his judgments in the psalm. They're altogether right and pure. Oh, I don't want to. I love what Billy Graham said. It's not, it's not my job. That's God's job. My job is to love. Holy Spirit's job is to convict. It's God's job to judge things. That's not a role that we should take lightly. And quite honestly, and I'm being fairly bold for being in public setting and saying this, I don't trust people who brandy about the judgments of God on other people. Just don't trust it. God's the maker of human hearts. God's the salvation of every individual, no matter how wretched they are. If he can't save the most wicked, how does he save the one who's not? If it's not powerful enough to save, I don't know which person, I got three or four of them, that you think is the most wicked person in the earth right now, it's not my job to wish God's judgment on them. It's quite the opposite. God, that you would save them. That you would reach in and and grab that person's life and harness them and change them and turn them. Now that's called knowing. And it's called wisdom. God's will within his economy is that you become wise. That's how you become mature. Maturation and knowing things should always lead to wisdom. And guess what? Even that's a gift from God, and we get an inside track with it. Look at this. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolishness the wisdom of this world? He took death and made it salvation. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God... It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Here, I'll give you Lloyd's loose alliteration on this. God saving you was the most wise thing he did for the rest of the earth. It looks like foolishness to somebody who hasn't received it. But to me, it's the power of God unto salvation. So he chose me to be an emblem of his wisdom on the earth. This is a pretty stunning message if you can receive it in your hearts. And I know we, we all sing weak and imperfect songs. But this is beyond the songs we sing. This is the wisdom of God, it says. 
For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. You get to know him. Because the foolishness of God, and he doesn't mean that God's foolish, he's doing a comparison. Uh, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than man. That's why he chose me. Because in myself, I had nothing. In, in myself, I know I lived with myself a long time. I don't live alone anymore. It took me a lot of years to understand that I wasn't alone. But when I was alone, I don't know about you, I sure made a mess of things. Whew. Oh boy. And yet God will take me back to times when I, would, when I didn't know him and say, I knew you. I saw you on the hill looking at the clouds saying there must be a God in heaven. I saw you. He knows me. He knows you. The knowledge of you. The more you understand the knowledge of God, you'll understand the knowledge of you. Because he knows you. He knows every aspect of your being. He knows every aspect of your life. He knows every good work you ever did because it was ordained from him. And he knows when you blew it. And he doesn't ignore you. Matter of fact, he won't leave you alone with that. I need God to discipline me. Well, he will, but probably not the way you think he will. Isn't this amazing scripture? Where is the wise? Here, me. Me. 5602 East 187th Street, Belton, Missouri. There's a wise man with a wise woman. And I know things. I understand things. Why? Because of this. Now, I wanted to get it all in one slide, so... I'll read it slow for you, but you got to hear this because this is a corresponding verse versus a chapter later. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Now think about what that says right now. The rulers of our society. They're coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Stunning what it says. Which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye is not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I pray this scripture so often. Oh, I want to know. I want to know those things. But God, verse 10 is one, you gotta, you gotta, it's actually a labor of prayer. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. 
I know things. Why? Because you're smart? No, because the Spirit dwells in me. I know things. I have a knowledge of them, and that knowledge produces wisdom. And then I know, then I know how to do. Out of my virtue, I know how to add this wisdom so that not only do I grow up, but I help others grow up, those around me. We mature. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Listen to verse 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. I need to stop there. We keep praying that God would give us what He's already given us. We keep asking Him to do this, and then, where are you, God? He's right here. He didn't go where we started this morning. No distance, no delay. Do you know that most of the New Testament is actually a description of you and I? That God is describing you. He's not giving you a prescription. He's doing a description. This is how I see. You talk about when wisdom starts entering your heart. A person who believes that God has made them holy and righteous, how will they act on the earth? Holy and righteous because actions always follow thought. If you know these things, know them, I know things, and they're yours, you're not barren. And you have the fruit of that in your life. This is an amazing scripture, you guys. This is so... Now, we, let me go back again. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things, the things that have been freely given to you, we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? And look at the end of that scripture. But we have the mind of Christ. It doesn't say, in this you need to search for the mind of Christ. In this, you have to study a whole lot to understand these things. I have the mind of Christ. It's mine. It's my inheritance. It's what makes me me. I don't want to think my little alone thoughts. I want to think my massive, expansive thoughts that go God and I harness together. Lord, what do you think about this? I'm thinking it's pretty foolish. And then he starts speaking to your heart. But I can use that foolish thing and turn it into the wisdom 
that is only from me. Has God turned your way of looking at things around? Oh, man. For a long time, I thought I was a, one of those spinning tops. You know? I had the Holy Spirit speak to me, and it comes so fast, I was going, like, slow down. I couldn't, I couldn't even grasp all of it. It, was kind of, it didn't happen that long ago. It, it was coming at me so fast, I had to go upstairs and write it down. I still haven't prayed through it because I'm studying this right now. But he started showing me things. It was just like, bam, 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 bam. Is it because I'm special? No, it's because I'm his. And in that, I'm special. But it's there for every one of us. But we, not he, not you, not I, but we have the mind of Christ. I wonder what God thinks about this. Ask him. He'll, he would love to tell you. He'll probably, and this is how the knowledge works. He'll probably speak a scripture to you and you go, I'm not even sure what that says. And you turn to 2 Peter 1, and there it is, and it jumps off the page. And you go, oh, isn't that astounding? Well, isn't that astounding that you would be astounded that God would give you his mind? It should be the most supernatural, natural thing in our lives. And it can be if you receive it. Receive the mind of Christ. Add knowledge to your valor. The biggest place where knowledge, and I'm gonna, I can get through all of this. The biggest place where knowledge is found is in the word of God. We have such a special privilege today because I get to, Oh, I can read as much or as little of it as I want. And there's really no edict from God. You have to read this every day or you're in trouble, young man. And he's going, come and spend time with me. Let me speak to you. Let me show you wisdom. Well, if I don't do a daily devotional, let me speak to you. Come into relationship with me. I know you. Half of our life we spent hiding from God. He goes... Where did you go? I was already there. I, I knew you. On your worst day, God knows you. Oh, good news is he didn't quit. Have you ever wanted to just give up on yourself? I can't do this anymore. God says, I can. When you're at your weakest point, I build you up with my strength. Wow. This is good stuff, you guys. So I want you to hear one thing before I go, before we end. I have a quote that I want to give you. It came from this survivalist on this alone show. And it was so powerful. It was just, I had to hit pause immediately. I went, whoa, you know, God moment. God using the earth to speak to Lloyd. Hello, hello, receive this. It was one of the survivalists about how you survive out there through difficult times and it said this your bubble of awareness needs to be bigger than your bubble of disturbance whatever is disturbing you God has an, a, a bubble of awareness of knowledge and that awareness of the knowledge of God needs to be in your life bigger than the thing that's disturbing you. 
What's bugging you? Is there a bug in your ear? Is there a scratch? What's bugging you? God has a word of knowledge, of wisdom, usually found in his Bible that he wants to pour in to your life to go, he's greater than everything that's disturbing me. I can grow and mature in this. And it will take you out of from being an immature reactor into being a mature responder. Because God's looking for responders, not reactors. That's why we call them first responders, not first reactors. They are responding to a crisis. Whatever's disturbing you, God has knowledge that he wants to give you about that disturbance, but it's really about you. So that you become aware of you and him together. Does that make sense? So let me pray. God, you're our first responder. Lord, we are Psalm 40. I cried out, and you heard me. You pulled me out of the miry clay. You set my feet upon a rock. And as I speak it, many hear it. And they understand the wisdom and fear of God and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do that in us again and again and again. Teach us to be first responders, to find your wisdom, to not open our mouths until we know, and then to open them with confidence and with the wisdom of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Bless you.